0: Well, I normally tell us the time. It's 7.04, it's Thursday night. Welcome everybody to the Soapbox. Tonight's episode is a lifestyle episode. I am joined by my co-host, the great, the fancy Francois Filsamy. And we have a huge roster, a powerful roster. And um, we're gonna get them to start talking about themselves and fitness. It's great to hear this, especially in a as we're still in COVID and it looks like COVID is turning around, but you never know, it could be like a seawall and just comes splashing right back. And But we want to start thinking about our health more. We want to put that in, take that from the back of our minds and bring it forward so that as we clear COVID, we start getting healthier mentality, start getting healthier life, uh, healthier attitude. And, uh, these people are here to talk about it. So, Frank White. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, um, again,
1: good evening, everyone. And um, we're we're going to list out, we're going to list out the lineup. Uh, Listen, these individuals have so many letters behind their names. I'm not, I don't think I'm even worthy to even say anything um, or even mention their names. But, I'm gonna take a crack at it. You know, first and foremost, you got the owner of Dungeon Life, uh, DeAndre Canard, um, and, and please correct me when I am um, making these um, definitions and 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 applying all the licenses that you have uh, as I go along. So, with Brother Canard, we have is it? I guess the acronym is NASM C M P T. Um, Then you got ISSA slash CWC. Yes, sir. Okay, okay. (laughs) Pleasure is a pleasure once again, once again. Um, Also, I'm sorry, excusez-moi, licensed nutritionist um, for the state of Massachusetts. That is Mr. Kennard. Oh. Uh, Yes, 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 yes. Moving right along, we have Evel Joseph, MS, CPT. Uh, I would imagine that's not Compton, correct? CPT? (laughs) Okay. All right. Just checking. CLC, Professional Fitness um, Performance and Life Coach, USATF, Certified Level 1 Track and Field Coach. That is Evel Joseph. Moving right along. Dr. Terry Dezea, P-A slash C-M-S-D-M-S slash S, -S, where he specializes in internal medicine and behavioral medicine. Well, hello there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We have our M-E-D, Shelly Heredia, Uh, vegan expert. Rounding out, rounding out, we have Al Raheem Williams, where he is a five hundred RYT certified. Oh, Vin Yasa, yoga instructor. Yes, yes, yes. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure and honor. And last Certainly not least, we have our community nutritionist, Christine Sinclair. Thank you. Don't, thank you, thank you. So, um, in typical fashion, we're going to get this going, get this cracking. Um, have our co- our connected um, individuals start answering some questions. So, um, we're going to lead off back with our first question, and again. Uh, you can move how you like to move, let the spirit move you in terms of um, answering the questions, and um, there, there's no form, rhyme, or reason in terms of who we're going to call out first, but if you do want to get quiet, we're going to name you and call you out. So don't, don't be worried, don't be fooled, don't get it twisted, we will call you out. So with that being said, first question is, why is fitness and nutrition important to you?
2: Okay. I'll go first. So fitness, nutrition and nutrition is important to me because it plays a vital role in my health, how I look, how I feel physically and mentally. Um, you know, I think fitness is essential to maintaining that physical and mental health. Right. And so that ties in with the whole nutrition piece. Um, I believe our overall, you know, lifestyle is is based on and associated with our well-being and so what we put in our bodies and what we do to our bodies is important and essential um i think transitioning to a plant-based lifestyle for me is how i've been able to kind of find that balance between nutrition and fitness um and it's not for everyone um but it, it was definitely for me it was a lifestyle change not a diet um My plan was to try it for a week, and here I am, six and a half years later, and I'm still um, going strong. I can't see myself going back. Um, Not even for bacon, huh?
0: Not even for bacon.
2: Not at all. All That was the first. I've actually never eaten pork, Um, and it's not, you know, associated with any religious beliefs or anything. Um, Just as a kid, watched a documentary, and I was like, oh, absolutely not. Um, So, you know, it's important um, to have good nutrition and fitness, and and it's also important to find that balance for you. So um, for me, it's vital.
3: Okay,
0: right.
2: So no no pork on your fork. Absolutely not. (laughs) No meat at all.
0: So let me throw that same question at Mr. Williams.
3: Um, For me... um it's about from, from a nutrition standpoint, it's about hurting and healing. Um, I think food has the ability to either hurt you or heal you. And, and so, um, from that point of view, you know, it's about what you eat. Um, if you have high cholesterol, you know, it's based off of what you have put in your body to lower it. It's about what you put in your body. So it's that, that, that yin yang effect of counteracting of what you're doing. And so it all, it always has an effect on you. Um, and you know, your body is, is a system. And so if you, what you put in, it'll tell you, Hey, that wasn't good. And I, and then you'll have that effect, mm-hmm. right. You'll, it'll show up. They're either, um, either through your stool or through your stomach, you know, start talking to you. Mm-hmm. So um, I think once we start to pay attention to how our bodies start to respond to what we put in and when you start to see that, and as we get older, and especially as, as, as Black women and Black men, um, as we get older and maybe some of our, um, our parents and grandparents didn't necessarily pay attention to those things. Mm-hmm. And then when illnesses started to show up, you say, oh, well, we could have addressed this a long time ago. So that goes to the pork on your fork kind of comment, right? Um, and from a fitness standpoint, I think we just have to move, right? We, yeah. We've entered into a space over the last year and a half where people have gotten sedentary. And it just kind of sat and, and didn't the an ultimate result <laughs> of this particular this virus, you know, attacks people when you're not moving and, you know, and... and and about being healthy, like physically healthy and strong. Most of us who have participated in any athletic in Denver, you know, we we were conditioned to con- constantly move, move, and we kept the weight off. Mm-hmm. And so, once we stop moving, then you know our, our bodies start to either slow down from from our metabolism, and then now we see pounds start to show up, you know, that weren't there before, um, and. And so that's why it's important to me. I mean, I know my body type. And so um, I know I won't, I don't want to be the skinny fat dude, right? So um, <laughs> I'm, I'm in the gym um, and I'm also, you know, I also practice yoga. So I think the two for me have just worked out. Um, so that's why it's kind of important to me, stay young and fit as long as possible. Thank you, thank you. So I want
0: to throw that same question at um, the beefiest brother in the room, Uh, Mr. DeAndre. (laughs) I'm sorry to pick on you, but I had to do it because of the pecs.
4: It's all right. Um, Fitness, I just I just classify it as movement, activity. Okay, I don't need to classify it as a gym aspect or it's anything that involves your body moving that is a person's choice. That's fitness. I look at it as your body is that car. Let's just pick it as a car. What kind of, if we said we're going to go to New York right now, the first thing you're going to do is fuel that car. If you have a certain type of car, you should not be putting a certain type of fuel in it. You have to look at your body as such. Nutrition not diets and so forth, but nutrition as a whole is what is the fuel for your body. You have things as, as my brother stated, that can toxify your body even more. You have things that can help you detoxify your body. These are choices, the activity, fitness, that's a choice for me personally, fitness, or athletics or being active is a lifelong process for me, no matter what it is, whether I was on the field, I was in the ring, whatever it might be, this is what it has to be. So it's ever always evolving. With who you are, what you're doing in life, your activity level and your fitness, as you all call it, will adjust according to that. If you have ailments, you have to adjust your fitness levels to that. Young, old, it doesn't matter. This is, this is, these are choices that we're making. So if you're choosing to fuel your body with processed food and so forth, then you're going to toxify your body, and you're going to have to do something to counteract that. Unfortunately, it might be a situation where you end up in the hospital. It's not where you want to be. So if you can actively participate in the good type of foods for you, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that. Live foods are going to help you the best. Um, and that's just what it is for me. This is just choices. It's a choice for me. It's it's a different choice for others, but it's a very important choice if you want to live here a little bit longer.
0: Awesome. Thank you. So uh, I hear from you and from others that fitness isn't just activity. It's actually a level. And of course, we hear that people in, in certain things, they'll say, what's your fitness level? And I think changing the view of fitness being just an activity to being something scalable is hugely important when you're talking to other people about how to not just change it to but to be better and it shows them the position of where they are so i want to uh let's dive deeper into that into fitness and uh talk about the scalability of that uh yvel do you have a minute for that
5: Sure. Um, I, I, I like what everyone said so far. Um, I have a mantra that says being performance fit is a lifestyle.
6: Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Malachi. And this is Alejandra. And you're sitting on the couch and your life is passing you by because you're not watching Insert Name Here. Catch us Wednesdays at 8 p.m. on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you missed us, you can catch us on Friday on Spotify and Amazon.
2: Yeah, obvious nonsense, gang, gang. your Podcast Squad, you never take us down.
5: So it's just really to add on what a lot of uh, has already been said. The thing with lifestyle are, are the habits that we we, we take on, okay? And, and the habits that we take on are very important to the, the kind of lifestyle we lead. So when you look at fitness, the fact that fitness is moving, fitness is yoga, fitness is hiking, fitness is sports. Fitness is the senior citizen trying to walk down the street, walking up the stairs. Fitness is mobility. Fitness is functional. So when we take all these different variations and focuses on fitness fitness is really moving so when I look at fitness as a performance whether I'm working with an athlete or many of us here probably have been athletes okay I look at the my level of fitness is is on a high level where it's it's tackling on a national championship a local championship high school college what have you you have to really be fit mentally to be focused on what you have to do to get to that high level achievement. So even though we look at fitness from the physical from the physicality, fitness starts off from the mentality. You know, we have to focus on the discipline, the lifestyle, the habits. Okay, why is it important that I run my five, six miles a day? Why is it important that I hit the weight room? Why is it important that I get the flexibility training? Why is it important now that I focus on nutrition? So true, there are different levels of fitness. So when, we, when you look at working with, um, let's say, a world-class athlete, for example, I sometimes don't, I, I try not to treat anyone different, whether they're a world-class athlete or entry into sports or fitness, because it's really a matter of how do I get you moving at the level that you're at and reaching the next level goal? So imagine running a Boston marathon, Okay. We don't start off reaching that Boston Marathon or Marathon Mm -hmm. in general. We may have to start off walking a few steps, Mm -hmm. then running a few steps. But along the way, how do we incorporate that into our life? Mm -hmm. So now we start looking at nutrition. So if I'm eating crappy foods, I'm not going to necessarily have the energy to kind of sustain that kind of training. So this is where, for me, being performance fit is a lifestyle We really have to now peel the onion and say, okay, what kind of lifestyle do we want to lead to be able to be the best us for that particular activity or just life in general? Lifestyle on top of lifestyle on top of life. So, Dr. Desir, I got a question
0: to follow up on that, and it, it may sound stupid. Which should we start with first, physical fitness or nutritional fitness?
7: Um, well, good question. Um, in terms of, in terms of what I would start first is nutrition. Um, why do I think first? Because one, um, as, um, as 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 um, Brother Canard stated, um, what you put in your body in order to feed the muscles, and in, in order to feed to give you enough energy to perform is is vital. Hypoglycemia. Um, if your blood sugar is low, you're going to have difficulty. If you're not eating the proper nutrition in fruits and vegetables, you're not going to have the potassium, the magnesium, the chloride, the sodium in terms of certain foods that helps the muscles function. So nutrition is definitely um, the first step. Then with that, when you go in properly fueled, then the physical aspect starts to move forward. And also in terms of medicine, we have our patients who are diabetic, hypertensive. Um, even some patients who are anemic, depending on the type of uh, anemia, macrocytic, macrochromic, thalassegias, all types of anemias. And a lot of these problems have to do with poor nutritional intake. You eat too you too, much, too many fatty, too, uh, too many um, high-based foods with carbs, you may end up diabetic. You end up with foods that are too high in salt, body, the sodium, water follows sodium, you may be hypertensive. So... Definitely, um, nutrition would have to follow first. Then when you start, even as a beginner in the gym, then everything starts to move um, forward a little bit better.
0: Sorry, I nearly commuted the uh, the muting foul right there. So, Christine, uh, Frank called you the community. uh, I'm getting that. I'm starting horribly. So he says you uh, like to feed the community in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about nutritional importance. How do you get the community to understand that?
6: That's a good question. And it's a hard one, I think. Um, I think that people are actually uh, pretty interested and when it comes to learning about nutrition, engaged. They want to know what they can do to eat um, to eat well. They want to know what to do so they can feed their families, um, what they can do to feed their kids, uh, the healthy stuff, right? Um, but I think some of the barriers come with trying to make that relevant to them, um, and it seems obvious that it should be relevant that we say eat these fruits and vegetables and all of these other great things so that you have, you know, a good quality of life or that longevity or that you feel good. Um, But in the moment, sometimes that's difficult for people. Okay, I think we can all, you know, in some way say that uh, um, these have been challenges before. Um, So (laughs) it's a hard question, but I think really um, helping people to find what their why Right? Like, why do I want to do this? I think someone else mentioned this earlier. Why is it important for me to be eating healthy um, or to be feeding my family, you know, these healthy foods? Um, and then also finding some of those strategies on how they can do that. So I always say, because I've I've done like nutrition education and things like that, or in cooking demonstrations. And um, oftentimes people ask, well, what do you eat and what you know it's like well i mean i could tell you what i eat but it's important for you to figure out like what's going to work for you you know what i mean what kinds of things do you like what what are your family recipes and how you can you might be able to kind of adjust those things um so finding some strategies on uh ways that people can incorporate more variety in their diet um you know, incorporating things that they may may not have uh, done before cooking. You know, just kind of, and it's individualized too. Like everybody's not gonna follow the same way in types of foods that um, I might recommend. But again, find helping people to find things that are gonna be relevant to them, things that they're gonna eat that they enjoy eating. That can you know we can make it kind of taste good and things like that. So it's a challenging one, and I think people are interested, and, and people are engaged, at least many of the, the women that I've worked with, um, but helping them to find that why, and then keeping that in the front of their minds, um, I think is you know some of the things to think about.
0: Thank you very much. I'm going to have you uh, maybe write out what would be a quick meal for a family of four. You don't have to tell me now, Okay. but, you know, they're hungry and I may have to do. <laughs> no, but Frankie, what's the next question?
1: Oh, so the next question is, does fitness always relate to good nutrition? And if so, why? Again, does fitness always relate to good nutrition? And if so, why?
2: So Frank, I'm going to switch that around. Does nutrition relate to fitness? And I think it does, you know, as our body change, um, go through changes and food provides, you know, energy for physical activity. And so as we lose weight, you know, our nutritional needs and requirements are different. And so we have to, um, adjust that. Um, I think maintaining a certain level of energy is needed for fitness. Right. And so, um, getting the proper amount of protein, whether it's through meat or plants, you know, you need that, um, to, to provide energy for your body. You need certain foods to um, help you to rebuild those muscles. And so I think, um, nutrition for me comes first, just personally speaking.
0: I like it. I'm all about, I'm all about eating anyway, so I'm, (laughs) I'm for it.
1: It's almost like, um, uh, the chicken and the egg, right? Um, what came first, uh, fitness or nutrition?
0: No, you know, you, if you've ever asked me that question, I have an answer. You.
1: Oh yeah, what, you, what do you have for me? Neither. Oh, oh, oh. Well, may, maybe that'll be for another podcast.
0: Yeah, the one where we get deeper into how things evolve, sir. Sure. Yeah. No, No. Definitely. Definitely. We'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> so, um, if
4: we want to just. Uh, just just to chime in here, to answer the question the way you wrote it, does fitness always relate to good nutrition? No. There are a lot of times when you look at, let's just go back to high school, a lot of times your high school coaches will have you running around, running, do these drills, this, that, and the third, to get ready for whatever type of game you're gonna play. Basketball, football, volleyball, it doesn't matter, track either. It doesn't mean that they were teaching you good nutritional skills. In college, a lot of times when it came to football, your coach is your coach, they're a football coach. They, nine times out of 10, don't know anything about nutrition. But what they do know is you can be at a certain fitness level but not be nutritionally fit. Let that sink in. You, it can move its way to good nutrition, but does it always relate to good nutrition? No, it doesn't. You have people that are out there, they'll play all kinds of sports and throughout their younger age group, whatever it might be, even into college, they'll eat whatever afterwards. Your body's a little differently adapt at that stage than it is when you get, become a little older. Now, what you are doing is you are setting your body up for failure down the road for things that you're taking in now. What you're doing today will affect you tomorrow, guaranteed, in one way, shape, form or the other. But it does not, in my opinion, my professional opinion, does not always relate to good nutrition unless you segue into that. Everybody's going to say, well, I need to eat a little bit better. Well, I mean, everybody's not going to break it down Well, protein uh, helps fuse your muscle. A lot of folks don't even understand that. A lot of these folks are getting this stuff from social media and that's not where you get it from. It's just not the good source. Well, unfortunately, that is one of the main sources where people understand it. So, yes, if I was to switch the, um, the question around, does good nutrition lead to better fitness? Yeah, it would. But to answer it the way it is, no, it doesn't always lead to better nutrition. Nutrition is a choice. It's a state of mind as well. You have to understand what you're putting in your body to fuel your body.
0: And I get it. Just like Mr. Williams said, the uh, fat skinny guy earlier. And as a big guy who I can't run, but I know a lot of people my size who can and they run miles. So I, I see that the fitness and the nutrition are two very different opposite ends and, of course, can still be imbalanced um subjects so moving on to the next question of when did you realize fitness and nutrition was not a trend but a lifestyle for you so uh mr kennard since you're still on the hot seat and you have dungeon life family when did you realize this is something that you wanted to uh to push
4: so dungeon life athletics
3: Dungeon life
4: is um, no problem. Dungeon life is not a place. It's a state of being. It's a mindset. Um, We don't need big gyms. We don't even need a gym. It's it's the mindset of what you put forth. It is a more of a holistic approach where we do understand that being happy, being competent, having self-worth, that all comes first. The physical part of it's fine. Anyone can do that. Any trainer out here can show you, pick that up, put that down but to understand why you're doing it is a different thing to answer the question directly. When I was a teenager, um, I realized I had a knack for helping people do some things that they didn't realize they could do themselves. Um, my quick story is as a 18 year old, I tried to embark on my first, um, certification and I was a little cocky. It is what it is. And I failed, I failed by two points. I wasn't ready mentally to grasp everything because I just thought I just knew it. And you don't. This is an ever-evolving thing. And the more I'm into this 30 years now, the more I love it. There are so many components to this, so many facets you could learn forever how to assist people on whatever level they are at to whatever level they want to be at. And so having a wherewithal of uh, what's important to someone, that's a valuable asset when it comes to training. You don't do it the way you want to do it. You do it the way they need it to be done. Mm-hmm. So therefore, everyone in this, this, this panel, everybody in this room, has a different expectancy for themselves. But to get there, you have to really have the wherewithal to put these things, have the discipline. And so for me, when I was younger, my discipline was just a little bit different than most. And I realized some people are lacking things mentally. Um, whatever they brought to the table, you might've been depressed about something. Yeah. You know, your, 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 your willingness in that mirror wasn't the same. How can you help that person change that mentality? Erase the the negative and get to the positive. So that's what it's been for me. And this is just a lifelong journey and I'm not going anywhere.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, So Mr. Williams, I've got to pick on you because you're also teaching people uh, yoga. So when did it, uh, and we spoke earlier, you said you started this when you were very young, when you were around 12 years old, but when did you figure that you wanted to teach more people about yoga and spread the, the uh, spread the positive changes that
3: can happen through yoga? All right. So I did a, I did several bodybuilding competitions. Oh, um, and, and so i this will be a compound answer uh, the the nutrition and the physical the fitness it was 80 I found out there was 80 percent nutrition and only 20 percent fitness when it came to competing and when my nutritionist gave me my, my my meal plan it was totally different it was removing things that I've been used to and probably didn't pay attention to um, out of my diet. And so as I embarked on that part of the journey, as far as physical, um, I started to realize that, you know, stretching and everything that I have known actually was very important to keep the, the muscles lean. Um, and it also helps build the muscle as well. Uh, if you, if any of us have been to a gym and you see a lot of the guys who, who pump a lot of iron, they're very immobile. Uh, they may be able to lift, you know. Hello Let's and welcome to, to
0: Movie be. Phone. Let's From the minds that brought the you, it's like a podcast Let's or whatever, hyphen nation and all other hyphen podcast group productions. We are proud to present We Should candy. Do This Again sometime the with Catchinetti and. D. Mark Robb. There's action, adventure, comedy, and danger. If you like movies, then this is for you. We should do this again sometime is rated PG13 for language and some thematic elements.
3: Get your tickets
0: wherever you get your podcast.
3: Goodbye. Uh, 225 25 times 325 squat 500 but then you ask them to touch their toes and they can't and so that's very important because then when you start to get older and and you start to do like quick movements and then you have people pulling hamstrings by just lifting something or um, getting out of a car or things start to tweak right it's that we we forget about the elasticity of the muscle, and so when when you're doing asanas, the asanas is the part of yoga. Um, it's actually teaching you how to work on the supporting muscles, not the major muscles that we, when we go into the gym, you know, we may do shoulder shrugs, we may do bicep curls, but there's those supporting muscles that we don't pay attention to that also are very important because when you're, when you're actually doing a, a pose, you start to feel your major muscles shake but it's actually you're working on their supporting muscles and you're strengthening them. Um, and that's kind of where, uh, people kind of get freaked out if you will. And I'll use freaked out. When they come into my class and they realize that you can't power your way through it, right? You actually have to feel and breathe, um, which is something that wasn't always taught to us. And this goes back to uh, brother Kennard's, uh, a story about uh, sports, um, those those aspects of breathing, eating, <laughs> and actually moving are all one. And so I, I teach people, and being in the gym, I teach them that you can't power your way through it, take, the, take your time, breathe, move while you're breathing, because that's like the hardest part that mentally people can't get into. And I know Yvel can talk about this from being from a track perspective. Mm-hmm. It's that the combination of breathing and moving are, are one and they're not separate. And what happens with that is that we bring tension into our body when we stop breathing and we try to move at the same time, therefore causing tightness within the muscle. So when you kind of, when you're trying to teach people that they can take that from my my class and they can apply it to other areas of their life.
0: Okay. And uh, so we're going to ask uh, Dr. Theory about how it changed for you. When did you consider it a necessary, uh, excuse me, a necessity in order to facilitate good sustained health or good su- sustainable help.
7: Well, I, I think um, I was always like an athlete all through high school. And then mm-hmm. um, came to the point I was playing uh, football in college. Um, I, I went to Wagner, it was a division two school in Staten Island, New York, and um, before I transferred to Rutgers. So what ended up happening is so when I moved to Michigan, I didn't know anybody here. So I stayed in the gym. I got to the point where my chest was a 49, my neck was 19 and a half inches. My arm was 18 and a half inches. So I got pretty big, but I was in my 20s. So at that point, as I got older, I was, um, and, and you're right, I was big. I was lifting heavy, but playing, bath, playing half court, I was out of breath. So as I got older, I was saying to myself, I don't want to carry all this weight anymore. So I want to slim down because a lot of guys who used to lift heavy, when they just stopped, everything's sad and you get the man boobs, everything just drops. So Mm -hmm. I decided to go into CrossFit. So I do CrossFit about four or five times a week. And um, so it helped me come down. And when I knew it was a a problem, I started, and when I had stopped for two years, I was gaining weight, and I put on a belt, and the belt buckle was facing the ground. And I said, okay. From then on, I made that um, I made that decision because how am I going to tell my patients to stay healthy and, and to eat, eat certain ways because they're diabetic hypertensive. When my cholesterol shot up through the roof, my total cholesterol was over 300. Mm -hmm. triglycerides were over 500. And I said, okay. So when I first started again, to make the uh, uh, long story short, I actually thought I had exercise induced asthma. I was training with an inhaler in my pocket. Mm -hmm. I took one from the office. And after and then so after each burpee, after each total bar, after each crunch, I was taking I was taking a couple puffs. Then all of a sudden, after two two to three months, I wasn't using the inhaler anymore. I said, damn, I don't have exercise induced that. I was just out of shape. So and as the story progressed, now my cholesterol is under 200 triglycerides under 150. And so with that, it allowed me not to only take my own advice, and follow that lifestyle, but also um, profess the same thing to the patients I take care of. Mm.
0: And so, oh, I'm, I'm terrible at these transitions, but uh, I wanted to get Ann into this as well, because she said uh, that she changed her uh, diet six years ago, but I wanted to know what made you transition into this, uh, into this healthier lifestyle.
2: So I, so we have to be careful when we say healthier because, you know, being vegan doesn't necessarily mean that you're healthier or plant-based doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily mean that you're healthier because there is so many, um, so much junk um, out there, plant-based junk. And I know them all, trust me, (laughs) I spoil myself from time to time, Um, but I think, for me, you know, fitness was never really, you know, a trend for me. Um, it was just, again, getting into that mentality, um, being motivated and, and wanting to do it. You know, at the end of the day, you could have so many people um, try to motivate you and influence you, but at the end, it's, it's your choice. It is a personal choice um, and you have to, to, to take that on. Uh, for me, I, I transitioned because um, I just didn't feel good you know,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: you could work out all day. And if you're not putting the proper nutrition in your body, you could sit here and work out all day and still feel like crap. Um, I felt like crap, my insides felt like crap. Um, You know, I think sometimes when we go to our, you know, our physicians, sometimes we're embarrassed to talk about some of the things we go through. Um, But I definitely, you know, gastrointestinal issues, like, you know, we're all adults here. And you have people that would go to the bathroom on a regular basis, like three, four times a day. And so when you're caught up in a situation where you're like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm not that regular. What's going on with my body? And, you know, you notice, you don't really notice that, you know, what you're eating um, has an effect on your body. It's not conscious at the time. But I think for me, I wanted a, a change. You know, um, I just, I, my body just didn't feel good. I didn't feel good inside. So. I decided to, you know, doing some research. We, we've all, we all know about the diets, right? You yeah. know, about Atkins, we know about paleo, we know about all these things and to lose weight. Yes, absolutely. You know, quick, fast, can't maintain it. I couldn't maintain it. Um, but it still didn't do anything for my body. So after just doing, you know, a lot of research, I decided to go plant based and I went cold turkey. I could tell you what I ate. The night before, the day before, I, I went cold turkey and I just didn't look back. After a week of transition into plant-based, I just felt good. My body felt good. Um, my insides felt different. And I, because I felt so good on the inside, I continued. And there was, there's absolutely um, no way that I, I'll never go back to, you know, eat and meat. And it's not for everyone, right? Cause there's people right. that will say, well, I can't, you know, I can't be vegan. I I can't just do plant-based. I have to have meat. I love meat. Um, And I totally get it. You know, I don't judge anyone for what they want to eat or to put in their bodies. I just know for me, um, my body felt good, you know, Um, labs, cholesterol, all of that stuff's perfect. Um, I don't have any issues, but you know, it's not necessarily it can be a very healthy lifestyle, you know, you have different type of plant based you have, you know, you're raw vegan. Um, but then you also have again, that other side, um, that dark side, where it's like, it's chocolate cake, it's vegan, but is it good for you? You know, not necessarily with all the sugars, but you know, so it all is it's a choice, you know, to me, plant based is a lifestyle, it's not it's not a diet, you know, if, if you're the type of person that Um, you just have to have that meat or, you know, I just have to have certain things that that's, it's not for you. But if you want a lifestyle change, something that you feel like you can maintain, um, then absolutely. Uh, I don't force people to, um, you know, into veganism and plant-based, you know, eating or anything like that. It's it's a choice. And if it's not a choice you're comfortable with, you're not going to be able to maintain it.
0: Thank you, Shellyanne And I and I agree with you. Uh, and especially giving it an ism makes it seem like it, it's not the choice and the thoughtfulness that you had in making it and changing it into a lifestyle and something that you're going to follow for as long as possible. So I'm going to kick this question down to Mr. Evel Joseph about the hurdles of keeping up with something like this, about the hurdles of staying uh, performance fit, and how do you help people
5: stay with it? Ah, uh, how do I help people stay in the lane of being performance fit? So, I look well, at not, it, um...
0: not not just performance fit. I right. feel like performance fit is a is, is a little higher. Level. Level. It's right. a little higher level, but you want to keep them. You want to keep them there, and to right. a- aspire to stay performance fit, but make sure you're still in fit in in at least the range to be able to go for it if you want.
5: To incorporate a lot of what I, what was just said um, just now, you know, a lot of things are lifestyle. And I use the word lifestyle quite a bit because uh, DeAndre started off talking about when you start off as a teenager. Okay, um, when I start looking at fitness, um, by the time I start looking at the different stages of fitness, as well as the different stages in our lives, so think about the twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, and those of us who are fortunate to see the sixties, seventies, eighties. So fitness is this life cycle, and it should never just go from youth to high point, and then we fade off as we grow older, mm-hmm. right? So the challenge now is how do we maintain and sustain fitness? Um, it's easy to be fitter at, in, during your teenage years into your 20s and 30s, and the less activity we, we, we do as we go into our 40s, 50s, 60s, and, and over, things do start to slow down. So the, the big challenge on, on what I really project out there is if fitness and a healthy lifestyle becomes your lifestyle, how do you tackle it at whatever stage you're at? So I tend to meet a lot of my clients, my, a lot of my athletes at the stage where they're at. So let's say, for example, someone's 40 years old and they come and say, hey, you know what? I haven't, had, I haven't been the fittest, okay? But is it too late for me? I say, absolutely not. Because you could always reinvent yourself at whatever stage in life that you are. So, therefore, a lot of my clients right now, they span the spectrum from teenagers to, you know, high 80s, right? And the key thing is, how do I get them started? So, we do talk about the importance of mobility and moving. Okay, even if it means like, especially during this pandemic, a lot of people weren't able to get out to fitness centers and gyms or yoga studios, a lot of places. But if they have stairs in their home, let's start off with walking up and down the stairs. You know, let's start off with going walking around the block. So you have to incorporate moving into your lifestyle on where you're at. Now, recently, I've trained a number of, um, I've trained and coached a number of individuals. And I'll tell you, reinventing yourself in your fifties and sixties. I've had a few late fifties and 60 year old marathoners. Now, initially a few years ago, for me to train a marathoner who was like 50, 55, 60, I'd be like, I I never thought about that. But then I realized it doesn't matter what your activity is. We still had to start off with the baby steps, Mm -hmm. you know, getting around the block. Let's get through the first mile. Let's build up one little bit at a time. So, For me, I look at it right now as I don't put an age to being fit. It's a matter of what do you want to do to achieve those goals? So if I have a 60-year-old who just completed her first marathon, running the Philadelphia Marathon, or I had um, my first 58-year-old who completed her um, Boston Marathon and went ahead to do two other marathons that same year, I find it's it's just totally amazing. Mm -hmm. So it does come down to the lifestyle, start to get the fit habits together and now of course we've got to put in the nutrition because
4: my daddy's podcast is called hyphenation it's the world's greatest podcast Obama proof on hyphenation my daddy talks about all kinds of cool things and sometimes I'm on the podcast
1: too
2: sometimes he
4: has his friend Marcus on sometimes he stays up really late and he's tired the next day but it's worth it I love this podcast, and I love his podcast. So I really want you to listen to Hyphenation. So Daddy doesn't get sad. He really doesn't get sad though, because he has me. Alright, please listen to Hyphenation. Thanks, y'all. I love the podcast, so please, please, please try to join. But if you know,
2: him. perfect. Thank you. Can
3: we hear it now?
5: A fifty-year-old, sixty-year-old's nutrition and fitness is totally different than someone who's their teens, twenties, thirties. So we do have to cut back on a lot of the non-essentials, okay? But it's hard to tell someone, you know, well, hey, that Oreo cookie looks pretty good. You know, how do we how do we make that a cheat day? Well, in this case, depending what you're training for, what you're being coached for, even if it's just life. I don't believe in being so rigid in your nutrition that you can't splurge a little bit, right? Because when you don't, you, you kind of, you kind of, you can easily fall off. All right. But if it's part of a regiment where, okay, you know what? I'm in this middle age of life of forties to sixties, what have you. Hey, as long as you're getting out there and you're hitting the necessary activities, okay. Getting out to work, take the elevator. And I mean, take the stairs instead of taking the elevator. Okay. These are the little habits. This is where we start with. Okay. By doing that, you burn the calories. Okay. Let's, let's have a nice big lunch. Okay. What does that big lunch entail? Well, let's keep it high fiber. Yes. We talk about protein. Like a lot of people have mentioned, sometimes we need to get out of our heads as far as the proteins and the carbs and the fats. Those are very important, but we got to figure out how's that incorporating? How's that feeding us? How's that energizing us? How's that providing the necessary nutrition? Because, a 50 or 80-year-old's nutrition is still different than that 20, 30-year-old because our metabolism are different. So to answer the question, it, it, it's, very, it, it's, it's a very broad base, but you have to approach the individual based on the stage of life that they're in. okay? And understand where they are in that stage of life. You start to work with them at that point to say, okay, how can we get you to that next level and how can we reach that goal? And a lot of it outside of the physicality, is tackling this soft matter in between the ears. you know. So that's why a lot of my work ends up being around a lot of motivation, a lot of inspiration, a lot of getting into people's head. And one of my other mantras is how do I get them to look alive and feel alive? Because once you start feeling alive, you start looking alive, you're going after these goals. And before you know it, that marathon is right there. Okay. Climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, it's right there. Okay. Those become lifestyle goals. And if it means Doing something more, something great, being a parent, being a grandparent, all those things are achievable, but you got to have the energy for it.
7: Okay. I just just wanted, if I could, I just wanted to chime in one thing just to add on to what um, Brother Evel stated. The other thing is knowing when to eat, what to eat, and how Mm -hmm. to eat. And one of the big things is, um, even though you won't believe, but I did just turn 50. But uh,
1: (laughs) say it isn't so.
7: One of, one of the things that, oh, that we believe you <laughs> one of the things that has helped me is, is how I eat, because I, 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 I use the uh, intermittent fasting um, um, protocol, and I do that with a lot of patients as well. So I'm not a big breakfast person, so I pick eight hours of the day that I'm most active, and I eat my meals during that time, but I do not eat after 8 p.m because the midnight snacking, the nighttime snacking is the worst. And of course, when you reach a certain age, because as when you start to reach over 40 as a woman, um, over 40 as a man, your testosterone level does start to drop. So there are certain foods that help increase your testosterone level, like salmon, um, certain nuts in terms of walnuts. Those type of things help increase um, the androgens the, the, the that we have when we start when it starts to decrease as we get older. So, but um, that's what I wanted to piggyback in terms of that also can become a lifestyle and it becomes second nature. Mm.
0: So to to pivot back to uh, the balance, I want to, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to piggyback. I'm going to send the balance back to Frank. What you got for our next question?
1: Hey, listen, this is what we got. Our next question is this, um, which I know comes up in, uh, many of their allies, uh, especially uh, Miss Sinclair and uh, Miss Haridia, which is why is healthy food choices important, especially as you get older. And we we're just talking about that whole age factor.
6: Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll jump in. Um, I, it was mentioned um, already, right? Like as we get older, our bodies are not going to be functioning as optimally as they. We might like them to, right? Um, We've had a lifetime of different kinds of foods we've been feeding it, how we've been treating our bodies, and so uh, the natural progression of our bodies over time—they're just—it's not gonna uh, be as optimal as we um, were when we were younger. And so, in order, I think, to give us, give ourselves a little bit more insurance, right, to give ourselves um, that longevity maybe that we're looking for, or that, um, quality of life, uh, is going to be important. Again, what we feed our bodies, how much we're moving, um, to kind of help keep that fitness up. And then also to help keep our insides, um, healthy. A lot of the women I work with have, um, diabetes, they have hypertension, have had it for a really long time. And, um, you know, I talk to them about like, what, you know, what is your goal? Like, is it your goal to, uh, and I think oftentimes a message comes across as, um, I just want to lose some weight. I just want to lose weight. And that's okay. Like losing weight can help, you know, with some things, but over the long-term, what, like, what is going to help sustain you and sustain, you know, um, your weight or sustain your, your, your um, blood sugar levels and things like that over time? Do you want to get off your medication? Is that something that's important to you, you know? Um, so making these um, lifestyle changes, um, again, it's not, it's not just about the losing the weight or these one thing, you know, trend things and trying them out, um, but seeing what would work to sustain you over your life term, what is, um, would give you that quality of life that you're looking for? Do you wanna hang around with your grandkids when you get older? You know, do you want to have kids and like what does that mean? Also, think about the messaging of uh, for myself. Um, thinking about when I sit down to eat, why am I, why do I sit down to eat and what am what am I putting on my plate, right? I think and not necessarily about the um, carbs, protein, and all of that, but how do I balance my meals, right? What do I know? Um, uh, what do I know is going to uh, feed my body, make me feel energized, make me feel good, and not feel groggy and tired, right? Things like that. So having some some kind of lean protein or some kind of protein, right? That could be the beans, or that could be the fish, or that could be many of many types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, having you know, in a fiber or um, like we were talking earlier, some uh, you asked me, you know, what what did you have for breakfast or whatever. And so I always think about whenever I sit down, how do I balance my meal? How do I make sure that I'm putting something in that I know that's going to give me some energy, that's going to make me have some nice bowel movements, that's going to make me feel good, right?
0: You know, (laughs) Um, I I never thought about the end of my, uh, of the whole thing between what I eat and what comes out of me. Make uh, me
1: feel good.
0: Make Make me feel good. Make me feel good. Good. That's amazing. <laughs> Never well, if you're, about
1: the
6: end yeah. I mean, if you're, not, if you're not putting the right stuff in, and I think um, uh, Shelly Ann mentioned it earlier, you can feel bloated. You can feel kind of sick in your stomach. And if you're not regular, it's just, it doesn't feel right, you know? Well, um, and so,
2: up.
6: right. Exactly. Um, so, again, I, I try to think about balance. Um, and then when I'm talking to, you know, I, I think I even think about my blood sugar. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm training right now um, to be a registered dietitian and I think about like, what does my blood sugar look like? You know, again, as we get older, our bodies are not going to be, um, as optimal as we, as they were when we're younger. And so I want to, uh, extend how long, you know, my body is going to work properly for me and what we put into our bodies can help with that for sure.
0: And, uh, brother Kennard still talking about why food choices are important especially as you get older and i know you're you're trying to make sure we all live to a hundred and uh as savagely fit as possible
4: yeah i mean just to, to to piggyback a lot of stuff she said just just it's spot on but you got to remember um anything over time as far as your body's concerned um will have different reactions on you over the years you got to look at the different types of ways that they've uh, improved on adding to their process with the processed foods. So everywhere you look, you know y- y- we have all these labels, and a lot of people are just so misinformed that they'll just capture a label. You know, oh alkaline, uh, th- th- that must be healthy for me. It, you know, uh, and you don't understand how these things can affect you. Uh, a lot of people don't even know there's there's almost like thirty six different names for sugar. so when they say the FDA says I don't add sugar in it, they just change the name. Mm -hmm. You know, look at some of the things that you add into all your stuff. I don't care what kind of lifestyle you live. If there's added sugar, that means it's man-made added. You know, a lot of people go into, well, don't eat uh, eat too much fruit because it's high in sugar. So I, I simply try to keep it very simple. And it's like this. Which type of sugar would you like? One that comes from nature or one that comes from man. Your body can only process but so much at a time. That in which it does not understand, let me tell you very simply, it turns it into what we call fat. Unnecessary fat. And now this is very simple. Fat will find fat. So you look five years down the road from where you were before, still eating the same things, and you're looking, well, where did this fat come from? Ten years, same thing it will become increasingly harder for you to gain the goals that you're looking for if you don't modify your food almost every year of your life. I try to tell people this. We pretty much, if you've been raised in the United States, you know breakfast foods, you know lunch lunch type foods, you know dinner type foods. A lot of people, and a lot of it comes from social media, don't eat after six o'clock. My question is why? What if someone works at midnight? Wouldn't that mean that eating at 9 p.m. is their 7 a.m. meal? But you had them cut themselves off at six o'clock. Now you're asking yourself, not knowingly, to intermittently fast all the way around to four or five o'clock in the morning. They're not understanding why at the peak of what they need to be performing at, they're not performing. So making better choices also comes with better education. And that's what my main point is when it comes to all my folks of color, you need to better educate yourself, not by the norms of what you see on social media, but seriously, pick and choose what's necessary for you at this moment in time and start focusing on making adjustments as you go along. You can't make a a cold turkey, she used the term cold turkey, which was great, because she said, you know what, I'm not touching meat anymore, that's a choice. A lot of people just can't do that. They don't understand that that form. They think, well, I've been working hard for seven to ten days, I deserve a cheat meal. Just the term cheat alone sounds bad. Before we got on here, I just took a midterm exam. If I said I would not cheated, it doesn't sound too good. However, if you want to treat yourself to something that you used to enjoy, put a date on it. Don't make it this week. Make it two, three weeks from now. Put it on your calendar. Till that time comes, eat right, do what's necessary. Eat right, do what's necessary. Hopefully you put some activity in your life as well. When that day comes, I probably can almost guarantee it. You probably won't even want that so-called quote-unquote treat. It's about modification all the way through
0: this is a hyphen podcast production
1: are you not entertained